0: Amazing singing today, everybody, and I know the Lord loves to hear us singing uh, praises to Christ, amen, praises to our Lord and Savior. He's the only one worthy to sing to, praise God, and uh, thank the Lord for all he's done for us. Let's have our kids dismissed downstairs to Junior Church, amen, all right, with Miss Jessie. And uh, we are going to be in Luke chapter 22, Luke chapter 22 this morning, Luke 22, it's important to open up the word of God, it's important to have a physical Bible in front of you as well, there's Bibles in the pews if you don't have one. We use the King James only here. And if you need a Bible, I can gladly get you a beautiful, leather-bound King James Bible. Amen? Luke 22. When you find it, if you would, stand with me. Just in respect to God's Word. If you're able to. Luke 22. And we're going to read in verse 39 down to 46. The Bible says, And, when, uh, or, and he came out and went as he was wont. That word wont uh, means accustomed to. He was accustomed to going to the Mount of Olives. He was wont to, to the Mount of Olives. And his disciples also followed him. Uh, and when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that ye enter not in temp- into uh, temptation. The Lord gave them instruction here, and uh, it's up to us to follow the Lord's instruction. And it's not for that exact moment, but it's mainly for what's ahead. And oftentimes we use the Lord's instructions, we disregard it or uh, don't follow it through, and we wind up finding out later on uh, how important it was, and we often find ourselves in a mess. But the Lord forewarns us, and He tries to strengthen us prior to those storms. Amen? gets us ready, but uh, oftentimes we don't prepare ourselves or allow the Lord to help us uh, prior to those times. And when when he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. The Lord's angels are there to serve God, amen, to minister unto God. And they do whatever God pleases and sends his word out to do. Being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he arose up from prayer and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping, notice this, for sorrow. And said unto them, Why sleep ye? Rise and pray, lest ye enter into temptation." Let's go to 47. And while he yet spake, behold, a multitude, and he that was called Judas, one of the 12, went before them and drew near unto Jesus to kiss him. And he was, of course, betrayed with the the kiss of a friend. Uh, The Bible says, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful, as we read in the Proverbs. Let's open a prayer. Father, thank you, O God, for thy word. Thank you for bearing uh, this cup, and Lord, bearing it in agony, and I pray, Lord, you'll help us all, Lord, to take up our cross and follow you, and Lord, to drink of the cup, Lord, in fellowship with you. I pray these things in the name of Jesus, amen. 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 You may be seated. We're to look here first of all is the cup, the cup that the Lord uh, had to drink for us. He said in verse 42, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. This was the cup uh, that the Lord was given to drink of. It wasn't a physical cup. It was uh, the will of God that he would partake in this manner, partake in uh, the sufferings that he would about to partake in. The beatings. The Bible says he was not even recognizable as a man anymore. Uh, how brutally they tore his flesh apart and beat him to the point that there was not even one drop of blood remaining in that body. But every drop of blood was taken up to the gates of glory and put in the altar of heaven and speaks better things, amen, and speaks on our behalf of every sin that we have committed, uh, have committed today and will commit tomorrow. It speaks and wipes away all sins, amen, Uh, from This soul up here and these souls right here. I thank God that he had purged us from our sins and it took the spilling of every drop of blood. And I believe that he didn't have to spill every drop, but he did. I believe the blood of God, just to demonstrate the power of it, he only would have to spill one drop of blood. And the very blood of God is powerful enough to wipe away every sin. Every sin. But he was brought... Uh, To as a lamb before the slaughter. So he opened not his mouth. Uh, He was sold for the price of an ox, which was 30 pieces of silver, born as a sacrifice, and he died as a sacrifice uh, for me and you. This was the cup uh, that he was willing to take. Although he was asking the Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. He knew that it was needful to follow the will of the Father. And the Father's will always is that He is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The will of God is for all of us to partake in the fellowship of the Father in walking and talking with our God and of our Creator and living for God and obeying God. And and that's why we are created as human beings made in the image of God, made lower than the angels, but made to fellowship with our Creator. And all this was done away when sin entered into the world and Adam and Eve were asked to uh, go from the garden. But Jesus, once He spilled His blood and raised victorious from death, conquering death for every man, now calls us back to the garden to walk and talk with the Savior and have fellowship. Will we not partake in the cup that God hath laid for us, and have asked us to drink. Notice in verse uh, 39, the Bible says, And he came out, and when he was wont to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. This was the cup that he uh, had given to his disciples. These disciples were the chosen. The chosen ones of God, to walk with the Savior, to serve the Savior, uh, to lay down... Uh, their nets and follow the Lord. That's what a disciple is. A true disciple is a follower of Christ, willing to lay down anything that stands in between them and Christ and just lay it down and follow the Savior. Follow Christ. I am a disciple of Christ. I am a Christian, and I will follow my Lord. May you not be ashamed of your Lord. May you not be ashamed to follow Christ today. May you not be ashamed to have the name of your true husband, uh, of his name on you today, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. I am a Christian. I am no longer uh, what I was born as. My new name now is written in glory, and he has given me a new name when I became born again. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. This was a great, glorious, victorious life that God has given me. I was once dead, but now I'm made alive because of what Christ had done for me. Now I get to walk with the Savior. I get to talk with the Savior because he partook of this cup right here. And he gave me a cup uh, also because when you sit down at the table, you have to eat and fellowship together. There are some people who would not eat uh, because they're in disgust of maybe the food that is presented. Maybe they have a special diet or so forth. And that... uh, restricts the fellowship when you do not partake of the food that is placed before you, as the Bible says. Uh, refuse not what is set before thee. And the Bible says that God gave them their cup. Their cup was to pray with the Lord. Although they couldn't follow the Christ as far as he went, here we see that the Bible says that they, he was a stone's cast in verse 41, and he was withdrawn from them. He gave them their cup. I want you to pray with me here. This is how you're going to identify yourself with me right now. This is how you're going to fellowship with me right now. I want you to sit here and I want my disciples to pray. The Bible says that they fell asleep because they were full of sorrow. When they seen that cup that they were handed, it was contrary to their lifestyle. And they began to be full of sorrow. Maybe they didn't know why they were full of sorrow. But because of the sorrow, they did not drink of the cup. Because they looked down in that cup and saw uh, the blood or saw uh, the future, they would not drink of that cup. So rather they fell asleep for sorrow. And oftentimes we give ourselves as God's disciples, we give ourselves to anything else. We give ourselves to sin. We give ourselves to depression. We give ourselves to the cares of this life. We give ourselves to woe is me. We give ourselves to anxiety. We give ourselves to the politics of this world and to the things of this world and to the prince and the power of the air and to the styles and dress and to the music of this world. But to give ourselves and drink of the sufferings of Christ with our Savior, we would not. When anyone sees what's in that cup, we refuse it. We refuse it. And refusing the cup that is set before us, we refuse the fellowship of Christ. But this is the reason and sole purpose of us. And he calls us back to the garden to fellowship with our Lord. Fellowshiping with Christ is why we were here. And he hands them the cup. And the Bible says he found them sleeping for sorrow. Oftentimes we give ourselves. And we don't want the sorrow. We complain about the sorrow. We ask God to deliver us from sorrow and, or anything that why we will uh, fall asleep for. But the purpose we are here is for the cup to drink of the cup with Christ the fellowship with Christ but thank God he still drank of the cup he still drank of the cup not for himself he said if thou be willing remove this cup from me this cup was for him to drink but it was not for him it was for me knowing that i would not drink of the cup with him the bible says when he was taken all fl- uh, f- flee from him they rejected him they ran from him and you have peter denied him that night, who said, I will never deny thee. Yeah. And what is in our heart is what is in our heart. We are a people that quickly run from the Savior. But this is the Savior's cup, knowing he would have to drink alone. You see here, there is a stone's cast away. We cannot go as far as the Savior is. There's always a distance. Christ always will bear the hardest parts for us. Christ always is ahead of you. As he was found in the fiery furnace before the three boys were thrown in there, he was already there, a stone cast away. You see, we think we're going through this life alone, but Jesus is always ahead of us. He's always fighting off uh, the weapons that are formed against us. He's always fighting against uh, the demons and the evil spirits that are afflicting our children and that are trying to tear apart our marriages and that are trying to afflict this land. Our Christ... Our Lord, our Savior is always ahead of us. A stone's cast away. He's always gone before us. uh, And he's chosen that because he chose to drink that cup. He chose to drink that cup uh, for you and for me. And he knows it's a lonely path. He knows going before us, he will never have anybody beside him. And he has chosen that path uh, to walk alone. He's chosen that path to be lonely. And he's chosen that path. Uh, not to bear his sin, not to bear his grief, not to bear his sorrow, but mine. That was his cup. And he asked us, would you please fellowship with me? Here's a cup for you. Would you just sit down here and pray? Oftentimes, God raises people up to pray or to read or to do certain things. And that's your cup at that moment. And we don't know why he may have us do that. Uh, Maybe he's, raising you up to go uh, talk to somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ. I remember I was uh, uh, prompted, the Lord, the Holy Spirit of God prompted me to go witness to a friend that I have seen. And I said, Lord, I can't witness to him right now. There's there's too many people around, it's too cluttered. And I felt this urge that I must go and preach the gospel to them, to my old friend in front of everybody else. And I said, you know, he'll be here. Uh, next week, I'll preach the gospel to him then. I, I'm, I'm sure of it, and he didn't make it till that next week. He was murdered. and his blood, the Bible says, will be on my hands because I did not warn the wicked in his way. And the Bible says that his blood will be on my hands. God had prompted me uh, at that moment, uh, had given me a cup to share the fellowship with the Lord, to save a sinner from His way, to save a soul from hell, but I refused. I would refuse and fell asleep for sorrow, for my pride, for my fear, what others may think. And oh, if we truly knew uh, what Christ had done for us, we will gladly uh, fellowship with our Lord. We will gladly drink of the cup that he hands us, for his cup is much far greater in sorrow. His cup is much far greater in grief. His cup is much far greater and it was for us he died. It is for us that he drank of that cup. My sin is in that cup. My sorrow is in that cup. But he asks us to drink of the cup with him, that we may have a sweet fellowship and bear in our body the marks of the dying Lord Jesus Christ. Next, we see in Luke 23, go over to Luke 23. There was a man here in verse 26. Eventually he was led to Pilate. And they put a cross on him. And as he was going, brutally beaten Savior, there was a man that came verse 26, and as they led him away, they laid hold upon one Simon, a Cyrenian, coming out of the country. And on him they laid the cross, that he might bear it after Jesus. And you see Jesus always going before us. And here God gives us a uh, story of this man and chose this man, Simon. Thank God what it must be uh, an honor to bear the actual physical cross of the Savior. And you know, it's no different today. When we get to heaven, we will see what an honor it is to even be in church this morning. If God of heaven and God of glory finds it so important that where two or three be gathered together in my name, there I will be in the midst We will see that it is an honor to be in church today. It is an honor to hold the very word of God that spake everything we see and know into existence. It's an honor to hold it in our hands as men and women of the past of faith or martyrs for the Lord Jesus Christ because they even uh, spoke a verse or had a piece of scripture on them and they were slain and burned at the stake in the past were even bearing a part of Scripture on their person, brutally tortured and beaten. The Bible says this world's not worthy of these people. It's an honor to serve Christ, and we won't truly know what an honor it is, and we will never truly know what Christ Jesus did for us, who bore in his body our sins, and took every sin and everything that was against us, even the law, and nailed it to the cross, and took it to the grave and left it in the grave and rose victorious and now speaks on our behalf. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. There's one mediator between God and man, our Lord Jesus Christ, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth, and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We have such a high priest in the heavens whose blood speaks for us on our behalf. Oh, friend, if you knew uh, the cup that Jesus bore, if you knew what an honor it is to bear even the cross, you have his cup, then you have his cross, the cross of our Savior. Simon was chosen. Out of everybody, this man Simon, I say a Cyrenian, was chosen to bear the cross. He must have had... Uh, the blood from Christ on that cross brushing up against him. He must have had drops of blood going up and down the road as he followed the Savior. My friend, that blood, no matter where that one drop of blood fell, it didn't see corruption. It didn't go into the ground, but it's still in the altar in heaven today that speaks for us. This man Simon a Cyrene coming out of the country, and on him they laid the cross that he might bear it after Jesus. Must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? No, there's a cross for everyone, and there's a cross for me. Would you be willing at this time uh, if they called you out? Would you bear the cross for Jesus? Would you be willing to give it a try? Say, that cross is heavy to bear. I can't bear that on my shoulder. I can't go after that man. I can't do it. But would you be willing, if God laid down on you a cross so you could be recorded in the Holy Scriptures and have your name there, would you have been willing uh, to carry the cross after your Savior? But here Jesus calls all of us to pick up our cross and follow him. Follow him. Jesus was always a stone cast away, leading each and every disciple of Christ after him. Where did he go? He went up to Mount Calvary. And there they took the cross from Simon, laid it on the ground, and took our Lord. And our Lord laid down on that cross, willingly laid down his arms one by one, and then his feet, he crossed them. And they drove those nails one at a time into his hands. And the Bible says he willingly laid down his life. This was part of all the cup that he asked his father. Father, if it be willing, why would he be uh, praying in such a manner? Was he fearful of this course? The Bible says that he despised the shame, but he willingly laid down his life. He wasn't fearful. He wasn't hesitant to uh, go through with this, but he prayed so that we may follow in his footsteps. Lord, let thy, be will. let thy will be done. Thy will be done, O oh God. For God came down, the Bible says he gave up the glories of heaven, and he will forever hold those nail prints in his hands. When Christ received his glorious, glorified body, those prints were still there. When he appeared to Thomas, reach hither thy finger and push it into my nail prints. Push it in deep, it goes all the way through. For his spirit hath not flesh and blood like I. It doesn't have flesh like me. Reach with thy finger. Reach with thy finger and thrust it into my side. And the thorn prints on my brow. Every mark that was put on him is still on him today. Every mark that was put on him for our account is still on him today. And friends, when we get to heaven, we will receive a glorified body with not an ache or pain, with not a blemish, but Jesus Christ received his body for eternity and will always, as King of kings and Lord of lords, forever and eternity, bear our sin on our behalf. What a Savior we have. If we knew uh, what Christ really drank of, we would surely have stayed up and prayed. If we knew the cup that he handed us was just simply to stay up and pray, knowing what was waiting ahead, that we would all be scattered, that our Savior would be taken by one of our friends. Surely we would have stayed up and prayed. Oh, but God warns us even now. We must pray. We must wait. We must serve our Savior. It is utmost important to drink of the cup with our Christ. This is the cup What was the Lord so hesitant about? The Bible says his father turned his back on him. When the iniquity of us all, when the sin was placed on Christ, every sin of every man, woman, child, past, present, and future was laid on the Lord Jesus Christ. And the earth went pitch black and the heavens shook and the father had turned his back on his son. Oh, if we knew what sin does, if we knew the effects of sin, Christ did. Christ does. It took the very blood of God to wash away sin. For without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. And it took our Savior's blood to cleanse away our sin. As we indulge in delight in the lusts of our flesh, as we indulge in delight in the pride of life, as we play around and dole with temptation, hoping we sin, praying we don't, as we delight in the sins of our own flesh, remember Christ died for him. Have we give reason to uh, sin delightfully or give our life over to a life of sin? Remember Christ died for it. And it took his very blood to wash it away. And those who are in Christ Jesus are made freed from those sins. We don't have to live in bondage. We don't have to obey our sin and the lust thereof. Every time sin knocks on our door, we don't have to obey it. We have to wait and pray and drink of the cup that our Savior gave us. For it is in this fellowship where we find and see the Savior stones cast away, praying on our behalf. He's always ahead, For himself, no, but for us. He's there for us. He's there taking the blunt of our suffering. He's there taking the most trial of storm on our behalf. And although we do go through things, know that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has gone before us already. And it is not time to sleep, but it's time to pray. God is always there for us. He has outlined our course, number three. We have the cup, we have the cross, and our course. Our course here is to follow in our Savior's footprints. Simon in verse 26, and we're going to close. They laid on him the cross that he might bear it after Jesus. That is our course, to follow in our Savior's footprints. If you let the things of this life and the things of this world captivate your eyes, who would want to drink of the cup that is set before him? Nobody. Who would want to drink a cup when you see the sorrow in that cup? The Bible says the disciples fell asleep for that sorrow. They just said, "Let, let it just be over with. But God gave them instructions and said, I want you to wait here and pray. Pray with me. We're not alone. We have a Savior fighting for us on our behalf. We have a Savior who reigns victorious. We have the King of kings and Lord of lords fighting for you in heaven. And the very truth is that we are his children. If you're saved, born again today, you are a child of God. And he fights for you. And he speaks for you. He'll provide for you. He lives for you. And we live for him. We read in Acts today that Jesus stood for Stephen. Jesus stood for Stephen because Stephen stood for Christ. And we need to stand for our Savior because he stands for us. The Bible says that they placed on Simon the cross, that he might bear it after Jesus. The Lord went through all the sufferings already. But we get to identify ourselves with Christ, with that cross, and follow our Lord. You can't explain to somebody who was born blind the color blue, the grass, how green it is. People who are born blind They can only, colors can only be described to them with other senses, like a sound. But the true colors can never be described to somebody who was born blind. The beauty of all that God has created. And we, as God's people, we were born in sin. And we will truly never know the effects of sin how much it's had on all of us. Even one sin, and death by sin, just as everybody fears death, just as horrible death is, and disgusting, the corruption and the rot and the smell, it's all because of sin. And we will never realize what Christ truly placed on himself all at one time. The Bible says he became sin for us who knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Christ became our sin. And we only sin because we get to have the pleasure of it. But Christ doesn't find any pleasure in sin. He became sin and took the death of it for us, that we may live through him, we will truly never realize, because we were born blind, the beauty of the cup that Christ drank for us. And he asks each and every one of us this morning, would you fellowship with me? I don't want to do this alone. Would you sit here and pray with me? Would you drink of this cup that I give you? I'm going to drink of this cup. And whether you do or don't, I'm going. I'll always be before you. I'll always be there for you. For I go before you. And if I go before you, I prepare a place. That where I am, there you may also be. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would tell you but I go to prepare a place for you that I may receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. What a beauty. What a beautiful thing. And we will truly never know till we see Christ face to face. Why? Because we're born blind. We'll never know. We can get a glimpse and hear and read the scriptures. But what Christ drank of that night for you and I, will always be beyond us. But know this, if you want to follow after him, there will be a cup for you to drink as well. And what an honorable thing it is to partake in the sufferings of Christ. What an honorable thing it is to say, I carried the cross of my Savior up that hill where my life began. All at Calvary. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, come before you right now. Lord, first of all, we want to glorify your name and thank you for taking that cup on our behalf, for spilling every drop of blood to pay for every sin we've committed. Father, come to you now ask for mercy lord if there's anyone here that's not saved they're not born again they know of christ but they don't know him He's never reached their heart i pray that today uh, today lord they will receive you father i ask lord that you help us all to not be ashamed of you to gladly take up that cross and follow you lord do not look at the cup as for what it is. But Lord, that it brings us closer together. I pray, Lord, that we'll drink of that cup with you. Wherever we're at this morning, Lord, meet our needs. Speak to our hearts. Lord, as we have an invitation, Lord, I pray you do your work as you always do. Blessed be your name. Let's all stand. If God spoke to your heart, I want to invite you down this morning to drink of that cup with your Savior. Let's all stand. If God has called you out, would you pick up that cross and follow him? Or would you see the sorrow in that cup and say, I can't do it, Lord. You know, God prepares us for tough times ahead. Would you share the sufferings of Christ in your life this morning? Would you be willing to follow Christ? as your Lord and Savior the Bible says the angels came and strengthened him you know strength comes when you follow see I'm not strong enough You're not strong enough, but you will be if you decide to follow Christ. For when you are weak, then you're made strong. For his strength is made perfect in your weakness. Sing if you know it, near the cross. Near the cross, near the cross, be my glory ever, till my raptured soul shall find rest beyond the river. God bless you. Let's close in prayer. I hope everybody has a wonderful week. And uh, amen. Lord, I ask, Father, uh, that you'll bless everybody here where we are your people and the sheep of your pasture. Father, we entered into your house. We entered it with Praise, thanksgiving. We honored you, Lord, as our God and King. Lord, I pray you would bless us for this. Lord, we need your blessing. Lord, number one, we need your presence to go with us. Father, when we leave these doors, we need your presence. Lord, may we walk and talk with you throughout this world. May others see Christ in us. May we live what we preach. Father, although we fall, although we sin, we mess up, we're just sinners. Lord, may we claim your grace and mercy and forgiveness each day. For your mercy is new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Lord, we're not faithful, but you are. I pray, O God, that you'll be with each and every one here. pray you bless us in every way. May you guide and direct our steps. Lord, may you call on us. May you hand us a cup that we may fellowship with you. Lord, this week, may we remember your death, your burial, and your resurrection. And may we live that, Lord, this week in ourselves. I pray, oh God, these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. I hope and pray you have a blessed week. Remember, we have Wednesday night prayer service at 7. We also have a special speaker and fellowship also Wednesday night after church. Amen.